1: Fox News Podcast presents Brett Baer's All-Star Panel. America's
2: got to be in the lead if you want to deal with these threats.
1: We're going to lead. The morning is over. The shiva is done. And if you're a conservative, you should be optimistic. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for the American people.
2: Yeah, the president sounded like he's concerned about it, but no specifics, no change in policy. We have to make our country great
1: again, and I will do that.
3: I think the president gets criticized by people all the time for the stuff he says, by people who ignore what he does. Now,
1: Fox's chief political anchor, Brett
3: Baird. Baird. According to a USA Today Suffolk poll, Vice President Kamala Harris's approval rating has fallen to 28%, historic low for any modern day VP. President Biden, whose numbers also continue to fall, tasked Vice President Harris with finding the root causes of the issue back in March. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki defended the VP on Sunday in a tweet. For anyone who needs to hear it, at VP is not only a vital partner, at POTUS, but a bold leader who has taken on key important challenges facing the country from voting rights to addressing root causes of migration to expanding broadband. This, as we enter an important week for the president's agenda, as Congress once again attempts to take up the $1.75 trillion Build Back Better package, the reconciliation bill. For this and more, we'll bring in our panel, former State Department spokesperson, senior advisor to the Scowcroft Center at the Atlantic Council, Morgan Ortega. The editors for The Washington Post, Chuck Lane, and Fox News congressional correspondent, Chad Perkram. Chad, the president has signed the infrastructure bill, the bipartisan bill. It is now law. Now they're looking to the next thing. What about that next thing?
2: Well, the next thing is trying to move this social spending bill and getting an evaluation, a cost evaluation from the Congressional Budget Office. The CBO indicated that probably won't come until the end of the day on Friday. This is important because moderate Democrats have said they want a CBO score before they evaluate this, I did talk to one member close to leadership earlier who said uh, what would be sufficient are just tables and information from CBO. Uh, Earlier in the week, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi had kind of hoped, this is what I've been told here on Capitol Hill, to make this a Tuesday-Wednesday project. It's probably going to be a Thursday-Friday project, and I spoke to a senior House leadership aide, which means it's probably a Friday night project, which is what happened a couple of weeks ago when they moved the infrastructure bill just before midnight on Friday, November November 5th. Now, the Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, has indicated that uh, it's probably going to take a little bit longer before they put this on the floor in the Senate. He had said a couple of weeks ago that this would be up the week of November 15th. That's probably not going to happen. Here's why the House does not have to have. A CBO score. It might be bad politically. And again, if they get a bad score, you know, you, you know, watch to see if some of these moderate Democrats jump off. So maybe it's better politically for them to maybe vote beforehand before they get the bad news. We'll see. But the Senate, due to its uh, strict budget constraints, it has to have full text. It has to have the bill from the House. And it also has to go through what we call the bird bath, named after Robert Byrd, the late senator from West Virginia, ma- majority leader, where they go through and scrub this bill to make sure that it complies with those budget rules. If you don't have that, you cannot start debate in the Senate under this special filibuster exempt process budget reconciliation. So maybe this bleeds right up until Thanksgiving in the Senate or probably after that. And that's why we're looking at maybe a calamitous Christmas here on Capitol Hill, Brett.
3: Yeah, because, you know, they can smell the fumes from the planes uh, heading towards Christmas break and they'll have a lot of things all coming down together, including financing uh, the government going forward. Uh, Chuck, let's rewind to the bipartisan infrastructure bill. It's important not to overlook that this is a big deal. And uh, the president does have a checkmark, a win next to this one. And um, it's significant. Now, feeling it is going to be a little ways off. Most economists say mid-decade for something like this, because they're not all shovel-ready projects, but still a win.
1: Yes. And you have to acknowledge that this is a per- something that presidents really going back, not just to Trump, but to Obama before, have sort of pursued without success. And it was done on a bipartisan basis with 19 Republican votes in the Senate, including that of the Republican leader, Mitch McConnell. And in ordinary times, it would certainly... Uh, feel like a great triumph it's also the sort of thing that um you know would feel like a a, a capstone for a whole year and unfortunately for the president he's you know a victim of the expectations he raised for yet another bill um in a way making it impossible to sort of claim victory and walk away at this point But they did their best with this big um, ceremony on the White House lawn today. Of course, you're right, Brett, these projects don't just ramp up immediately, but you can sure hold a dedication ceremony at the proposed site um, of a new construction or an improved one. And believe me, there will be every I think we can expect they'll hold every single dedication or opening ceremony they can think of next year.
3: Yeah. In fact, I think he's going to a bridge in New Hampshire. That's one of the, the sites that will be uh, targeted by this by this money. And it's important to point out that this was a big uh, ceremony for a big bill, one point two trillion dollars. The last big ceremony was um, the CARES Act, which was six point three billion with a B. Guys, let's hold it right there. We'll continue after this.
0: This episode is brought to you by Shopify.
3: Morgan, let's go to the vice president who seems to be getting slighted on the inside. Clearly on the outside, she's not getting any approval from broad population. Um, What about Vice President Harris and her status from what we know?
4: Yeah, I have been sort of shocked, Brett, at the number of stories um, over the weekend and and recently about the infighting uh, potentially between White House staff and the vice president's staff, and and really it seems that like her outside friends are becoming more vocal and speaking to the media because they. Uh, see these numbers where it shows that uh, the vice president, uh, Kamala Harris, has a 28% approval rating. Uh, That is lower than Dick Cheney. Uh, So that's pretty low uh, whenever he was in office. And so uh, when you start to look at the why, I mean, her team has beat up a little bit anonymously, of course, in the press for the White House, uh, defending other cabinet members, but not her. You saw the uh, press secretary jinsaki come out and defend uh, the vice president after that story. Um, but it really comes down to the why. And her team feels like she's been given portfolios like the border, for example, that are just setting her up for failure. And, you know, Brett, what's ultimately surprising to me in all of this is there's still a lot of discussion in Washington. If uh, President Joe Biden can run for re- reelection, he says he will. But if for any reason, He is not able to uh, physically, of course. Uh, You're talking about a vice president who would have to launch a campaign for president and basically less than a year with a 20 percent approval rating. And the last thing that she just did was spend five days in Paris. Now, I got to tell you, I didn't spend five days anywhere with Mike Pompeo. I don't even think we ever went to Paris. It's mind boggling for someone who's worked for a cabinet secretary or for the president or vice president to see someone sit in a place like Paris for five days when you have inflation through the roof, a border crisis, uh, you name it.
3: Yeah. And Chad, it is unique uh, to get these leaked stories citing insiders. Um, I saw one on a different channel over the weekend saying there's talk of uh, President Biden nominating her to the Supreme Court to get her out of the position of VP. I mean, stuff that's way out there, as far as you hear inside baseball, that's usually not coming out.
2: That's right. and, and you know, uh, you know just to kind of let you guys in on a little secret here, I was you know told about two to three weeks ago maybe this pertains to the Supreme Court, maybe this pertains to you know changing the ticket before you get into 2024. you know FDR seem, seemingly he burned through a, a vice president almost every every time he was up for office. but I got an email from somebody who really knows this place very well who said, Chad, start to familiarize yourself with the confirmation process just not in the Senate but the House for a vice president. Of course, we've not gone through that since, uh, you know, President Ford picked Nelson Rockefeller. Uh, Again, as you know, uh, Brett, I'm always playing defense and preparing for things like that. But I was very surprised to get that very cryptic email just a couple of weeks ago.
3: Yeah, Chuck, that's bizarre, isn't it?
1: You know, it's a it's a bizarre world we live in. We live in the world where a candidate who in the primary attacked the current sitting president for uh, Practically taking a racial, racially biased view of busing, now sits as that president's vice president. That's how bizarre our world is, and it is. I think it is worth recalling that these two were never, uh, you know, close. Uh, They didn't have a longstanding relationship. Kamala Harris really had only been in Washington a few years. Uh, They started out as rivals on the campaign trail, and it was kind of. Cobbled together during the course of the 2020 campaign, uh, and you know it's kind of not surprising that the it's it's going through this shakedown uh, cruise, so to speak, at the beginning. You know we have to we have to understand that the vice president's role is, in the best of times, a very awkward one, where the vice president always kinds of searches for a role and is loath to overshadow the president. And there's always some decorum around that. And especially in this case where it's so uncertain whether President Biden intends to run for a second term or not. I was struck by the fact that the White House picked Mitch Landrieu to oversee the infrastructure rollout. That's somebody somebody who's uh, had presidential talk about him from time to time. And it would have seemed like a natural thing, right, to give to the vice president, uh, as a big high profile popular project. And somehow that didn't happen. I was a little, I, I just think that was a noteworthy development too.
3: I totally agree. And Morgan, if you're on the inside and you're on Kamala Harris's team, aren't you starting to read through the tea leaves here? Uh, and, and getting worried. I mean, Chuck is right. Landrew is aspiring. He's always, he's not hidden the fact that he wants to run for president someday. And, uh, you know, when, in the uh, Obama era, Vice President Biden was given the job of Sheriff Joe uh, to go after the money of uh, the shovel ready mm-hmm. projects. Uh, that's a you know it's a good point.
4: Yeah, I think what our team has to be worried about is that twenty eight percent approval rating and what is starting to stick is the comparisons to veep uh, the HBO show that everybody probably knows and watched and is really funny comedy about a clumsy vice president. I would would be more worried more about that than the than the president removing her as VP. I mean, I just I understand where Chad's coming from, but I don't see how you take the first woman of color um, and remove her from the vice presidency. I, I just don't know how you do that. That would be It seems like there'd be generational ramifications for that sort of, of move. Uh, but the bottom line is, if she can't get her poll numbers up, the Biden team who you know may be on the fence about whether he runs for reelection or not, are going to look at her phone numbers and say, you know, there's no way she can beat Trump. We might have to run him again.
3: Right. And that's a fascinating, you know, Rubik's Cube of when that happens, likely as we get closer to the 2022 election, uh, that'll start to fill in. Um, And just finally on the, the VP, you know, she went up to speak today on the South Lawn of the White House and the White House announcer introduced the next speaker the union representative and Vice President Harris had to say, "Yes, uh, not yet, though." And I think that there's a lot of questions about uh, what comes next and uh, if he can hold this this together. Uh, the president uh, for uh, this this coalition of progressives and moderates.
2: You know, and and it comes down to the math, as I always say. You know, this 50/50 Senate, three vote radius in the House of Representatives. If you don't have those coalitions together, nothing passes. You know, I was talking uh, to a source this week, and they said, you know, the the bill that will ultimately pass the Senate is only what Joe Manchin can stomach, uh, and maybe the price of this bill comes down. Maybe they put in some things there to deal more with inflation. Uh, and don't forget that if the House passes this bill, it goes to the Senate. It probably has to be changed to comport with those budget rules anyway, no matter what Joe Manchin wants or doesn't want in the bill. It has to come back to the House of Representatives. Can the progressives in the House of Representatives tolerate that? But if they get something through, even if this bleeds deep into December, up against Christmas, New Year's, or even next year, something that Joe Manchin even kind of wink and a nod suggested that might be the case, uh, you know, President Biden, at least legislatively, whether you like it or not, has big wins. Now, There is history for this. You know, in 1993 and 1994, Bill Clinton put some major legislative wins on the board, including passing NAFTA. He did not pass Hillary care. And then they lost the House for the first time in 40 years. President Obama of course, passed the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare, and they lost 63 seats in the House of Representatives. So just because you do these things legislatively, it does not necessarily translate to the ballot box. And that's a problem for the Democrats, especially with these narrow majorities in the House and Senate. Uh, I mean, you know, they're they're trying to do these FDR-esque pieces of legislation, and they don't have 20 and 30 votes to spare as FDR had, or LBJ had back in the 1960s with the Great Society.
3: That's right. And with Obamacare, there was a big race in 2009 in Virginia where Republicans won. Um, past may not be prologue, but we'll see. Okay, panel, thank you. Here's a bit of history. November 15th, 1939, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt laid the cornerstone of the Jefferson Memorial dedicated to Thomas Jefferson, the nation's third president and the principal author of the Declaration of Independence. In addition To a copy of the Declaration, the Hollow Cornerstone contains copies of the U.S. Constitution, the 10-volume writings of Thomas Jefferson by Paul Ford, Jefferson's The Life and Morals of Jesus of Nazareth, and an edition of each of the city's four major newspapers that were being published at the time. The memorial features a 19-foot bronze statue of Jefferson sculpted by Rudolph Evans, which was added four years after its dedication. Inscribed in the dome, below the dome are the words, quote, I have sworn upon the altar of God, eternal hostility against every form of tyranny over the mind of man. That'll do it for this week. You can hear more of this series at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download podcasts. Make sure to leave a rating and review. We want to hear from you. From Morgan and Chuck and Chad, I'm Brett Baer.